you know, I learned how to talk about the vulnerable pieces of, of my work as I was doing it, which is kind of difficult for me. I, I'm, I came out of the womb kind of, um, wanting to, to cover my paper until I'm completely done. Um, so that, that was all a very big learning experience for me and like in the songwriting way. This is Commonplace, the show about creative people and the things that inspire them. I'm Nathan Thomas. Today on the show, we have Sarah Rudy of the band Hello June. They just released their new album, Artifacts, to critical acclaim. You can catch them live in Huntington at The Loud on Saturday, October 21st. Sarah called me from a parking lot in Kentucky the morning after the band's Nashville album release show to talk about how her songwriting process has changed over the years, the moment that making music and being a band became more serious for them, but we start off talking about that release show and how it feels to have the album out. It feels like a crazy moment to like be done with, I guess. I woke up to my buddy Will Payne Harrison took a bunch of pictures and I'm like, oh my god, uh, that's so cool that somebody like has, uh, you know, captured the moment because I was too... Um, too caught up to even like plan on somebody doing that so i like was really happy that he did that what does the live band look like right now um so i have wit is playing drums um we have dave kirkpatrick on bass blake burkholder um he has been playing guitar with us this was his first show last night um Paul Niehaus um, plays Steel with us. He played last night. Um, he doesn't play all the shows, but um, anytime I'm down here, he plays with me. He played on the record, too. And um, I play guitar. When you have that kind of tour and studio setup where you have different people coming in and out based on availability or this and that, does that sort of thing influence or impact you in the writing stage? Yeah, I when I'm writing, I definitely try to um, kind of th- think about what we can do live because I, I, you know, we're in my mind, like I always want to somewhat be a live band. And, um, you know, I'm sure at some point, like, I'll write something and I'll just wanted to just be a studio record or something but like up to this point like you know I really like playing live and don't really have any reason to stop that so like you know in my mind I'm like we've got to be able to perform these (laughs) to some degree and you have to make them so that like if you need someone like in a flash they can pick up on it and it not be like too overtly difficult Right. Yeah. And, you know, lucky enough, like I've like, for example, Paul, like he's he's played he like he plays on my favorite song ever. Uh, 16, maybe less by Iron and Wine. Like he's toured with them. He's he's played with Lamb Chop. He's toured with them. So he's kind of, you know, there's when you pull the right people in, um, it's it's easy to jump in. He's he luckily understood like the Hello June sound really, really quickly. And that that's what I what I aim for with that. Like Blake Burkholder, this was his uh, first full band show and 
man, he just talk about coming in and like really understanding the sound. Like he's just, he's fantastic. Like he, he just, it's hard. Like, you know what I mean? Our sound, it's, it's not, um, it's not always just like Southern rock. It's not always just straightforward rock. It's, it's, it's not always just ambient. So you have to kind of know when to hit those different spots. And he's, I'm very impressed with how he's come in and, um, I've had to give him very little guidance. So that's always really, really cool. What led you towards that vibe of like sometimes ambient, sometimes rock, sometimes more like Southern rock than indie or whatever? Was it something you listened to growing up or did you just come to it? I think it's, I think it's just what my inclination is in general. Um, cause I, I, like when I'm listening to music, that's sort of what I'm listening to, you know, all, all four of those things, like including indie rock. So, you know, we kind of, I think what goes in also comes out. So, <laughs> you know, it's just, uh, depends on the ratio, I guess, that's coming out. But, you know, I, I just enjoy all those things. The, you know, the first album came out, 2018 is it kind of a relief to get this one out now what six years later or something or is it like oh now i have to make sure people hear it it's a it's a pretty big relief like it's it's sort of scary um to to wait that long to release um because people like aren't in the groove of thinking like oh hello june's gonna put out (laughs) music you know um so there's sort of like the way we put out singles was knowing like getting people in the, you know, just to kind of remember we do that. (laughs) And and so I, you know, I think we put out three or four um, and like, it's, that was our attempt to kind of slowly build that and try to get people um, roped in for the the big drop. Um, And I I think to some degree that, you know, is a, is a decent strategy. But, uh, you know, I don't want to wait six years again. I listened to both the self-titled album and Artifacts today, and there's definitely a through line there sound-wise where, you know, you you can tell that there's the progression between the two records. I I could see that, because the basis of each song is definitely coming from my guitar and my vocals you know so there's there's going to be that um that line that weaves through both of them i think you know even even if it is uh produced by someone else with the first album being self-released and artifacts being through a label recorded in nashville what do you think were the biggest differences in putting them out and what lessons you took from that process i think um you know nashville it was so the the record took three years um to finish i guess really the recording process was more like like two um maybe two and a half but you know like uh Roger working with Roger Allen Nichols in his studio at, at Belltone you know every time you work with somebody new 
they have, uh, you know, their series of the way that they work. And um, I started to work with him and he was very, very lyric oriented. And I leaned into that. Like I, I knew going into it, like before I even had talked with him, I knew that I wanted this record to be more almost articulate or, or concise or, you know, I wanted people to hear the songs and jump into the story. Um, and that's a little bit different than I felt with the last one. And, uh, the last one, the self-titled I recorded with Bud Carroll, um, he didn't mention he didn't touch any of my lyrics. He didn't, there was, there was no thought at all. And I think, you know, he wanted to leave things very pure. Um, and where I was at that time was just, I just wasn't really wanting to be vulnerable uh, with my words. And I think the biggest thing this time was that my collaboration with Roger, you know, he was just very much like, honing in on the lyrics and saying like are you saying what you want to say here and like what does this mean um and so they're you know just knowing that someone's going to be like looking at your words in a very close way like you know changes your behavior so there there was um there was definitely some of that and and again it's what i wanted you know it's and so for me um it was really difficult because that process is hard, you know, like anytime someone's looking at your work, like when you're not done with it, you're kind of like, Hey, I'm not done with this, <laughs> you know? Um, but I do feel like I, I learned a lot in that sense. Um, you know, I learned how to talk about the vulnerable pieces of, of my work as I was doing it, which is kind of difficult for me. I, I'm, I came out of the womb kind of, um, wanting to, to cover my paper until I'm completely done. Um, so that, that was all a very big learning experience for me and like in the songwriting way. Yeah. Just songwriting and vulnerability wise, there are thinking about the vignettes within the song and the little moments. There is a lot of, tenderness to it whether it be when you're singing about dancing in the kitchen or having you know a hand on your thigh while you're driving it's just it's a there are just a lot of like delicate moments to these songs like lyrically yeah yeah and i i wanted some of that you know i i i don't think i've done that super a lot in the past you know and again it's just sort of where I was with my headspace um but you know that that was a big goal of mine to 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 be to allow myself to be vulnerable in different ways and you know to know that that people are ultimately going to relate to those things and and that's what I'm looking to do it's almost as if like Roger was being the type of introspective listener that you get after the record comes out and once it's out into the world uh but being that type of listener and questioning those songs while they're actively being made to just help inform how it's created 
Yeah, he definitely he he very actively was um he was an active reader and and that you know like I said it really it I I think it helped, you know, I was open to that this time and that that feels good to look back and and feel like at least to some degree I'm you know, I'm I'm proud of of that step forward that I took and you know, I I'm grateful that he was willing to to be like you know a, a a team member there going back a little bit here when did you first start picking up instruments and realizing that it might be something you want to do i started playing guitar with my grandfather um it was like my my uncle my cousins would occasionally pop into um but my grandfather like I I really feel like that was one thing that just made him really really happy and my grandmother as well um but especially my grandfather he had a very he had a huge passion for just you know sharing music with people and so we'd kind of sit around in a circle and my grandmother would sing harmony with him and um I was super shy so eventually I was able to be like can I can I sit into like, you know, and, um, that's when I started to kind of jump in with an acoustic guitar and just try to follow along the best I could. That was probably, um, like, I think my, probably my sophomore year of high school or or something around that. What type of songs were your grandfather gravitating towards while, you know, you're doing these kind of jam sessions? He, like, it was pretty much, it, it stuck with uh, the theme of, like, old hymns, and um, we played a good bit of, like, uh, Johnny Cash, and definitely, like, just old classic songs. Um, we had, he had, like, a, a book that he would flip through, and so it would just kind of be like, let's try this one, let's, you know... I, I want you to to learn this lick, and I want you know he uh, the Johnny B. Good lick was one of the first licks I ever learned because he um you know he was trying to teach me all the the classics, um so it was it was a cool experience you know because he's obviously from a different time and I think I I liked knowing that even though I was young and had no idea. <laughs> Was uh, Hello June your first band, or did you have anything before it? <laughs> um, I had, I had a band before Hello June that I don't usually talk about. <laughs> was um, me and a, a good friend of mine. Um, I think it was the end of high school into into the first couple of years I was in college. Um, I I didn't uh, sing in that one. I mostly played guitar, um, and we that was back when like MySpace was a thing, and um, you know we we threw a song up and like a bunch of people listened, and that was like my first taste of like oh wow we're like sharing songs with with the world, and um, so we you know we we toured a little bit and. It was, it was honestly a really good experience when I look back on it, like kind of 
almost embarrassed by it sometimes, but you know, just like you're embarrassed by any first thing that you ever do. But, um, honestly, it was my first taste of recording. It was my first taste of writing. So, you know, it's, it's an interesting thing. Yeah, it's it's definitely a, a learning experience too. So you were writing songs and then hearing the words come out of someone else's mouth. Um, no, lyrically, she she was doing all the the lyrical stuff. Uh, I, I was doing, I was doing like basically all of the arranging, um, and like kind of more like band leading, I guess you know. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, so, so no, no words from my head on that one. When did you first form Hello June then? I was living in Baltimore. I knew at that point that I was getting more serious about like songwriting and just sort of arranging. Um, and I wanted to put a band together, but I was also, uh, on my way back to West Virginia at that point. So I... I think it was probably around like 2013 that, that, you know, I came back and started uh, hitting Whit Alexander up and um, Travis Evans at that point. Um, he's a, he's a drummer. So Whit actually was um, jumped in as a bass player initially. Um, so, you know, that, that was, I, I think it was about 2013. It wasn't super serious, though. You know what I mean? It was, we didn't get, it, it wasn't, like, we didn't jump in and immediately, you know, start playing shows. It was just kind of like, let's let's just see if we can, like, arrange songs together. Kind of ease your way into the waters to see what it might be. Yeah, totally. Because at that point, like, I had never played with a full band. I'd ne- you know, never played with drums. And in my head, it, that's... I wanted the, the full band sound and, you know, cause that's the arrangements that I heard in my head. And so I think, you know, just getting to the point of playing the songs in any kind of full band fashion, I was like, you know, that, that seemed like a, a goalpost to hit, you know, as opposed to like anything bigger at all. Kind of take the time to learn how to play with a band, right. Instead of rushing into it. Yeah, for sure. For sure. When you were, getting more serious with songwriting whether it be words or music what sort of stuff were you leaning towards to inform what you wanted to do i was really um like the Y Oak civilian record was something that was um it had come out around that time or like a little bit before that and um when i found that record I just really fell in love with the stuff that Jen Wozner and Andy Stack were doing. I kind of heard her play guitar and it made a lot of sense to me. And in that one I had on repeat. Um, Bonnie Vare was, was a big one I was listening to at the time. I lived next to a musician named Caleb Stein in Baltimore. Um, and he was very intertwined in, in the music scene. So, you know, I was I was listening to him a good bit too. What do you remember the first actual show being like was it just an exciting experience to like finally play these things out yeah like 
the first show actually had like really good response and really good energy. Yeah, I like honestly, I was so nervous um, that I don't really remember much except like being extremely surprised that like so many people had shown up. And then not only that, but like they were just stoked to be there and like, you know, they were loving all the songs and um, I just kind of expected it to be this like empty room. But it was for like, um, it's uh, West Virginia University's um, college, local college radio, The Moose. They they put on an event and um, they had us play. So there was, I think, different bands on the bill. Like, I can't remember, but we played like, a you know, the small st- side stage at 123, but that entire area was full of people and it was just felt so good for that to be as recepted as it was, you know? Yeah, it sounds like it was a good introduction to like the community and trying to be a part of the music scene there too it really was i i i feel like if it if i would have played to an empty room and like people staring at their phones i I probably would have been much more apprehensive about like jumping in uh the way that that we did because i mean we were like let's just you know let's roll let's this let's do it you know you go from that when did recording the first album start we recorded the first ep um like i recorded it um with somebody that kind of wanted to take a little more control than probably he should have and so we actually re-recorded all of those songs with somebody else Cause I'm um, gladly put my foot down and was like, I just wasn't happy with the direction of how that was going at all. It wasn't either. At that point, when we put our foot down, we kind of had to recalibrate and say, okay, what do we want? And so I reached out to Dave Klug because I was a big Good Wolf fan and I listened to those records over and over. So when I reached out to Dave and he had interest, Whit and I just went up to Pittsburgh where he has his studio and we recorded uh, Spruce again. <laughs> well, the common thread between all of these versions of, you know, who's playing in the band, who's playing in the recordings is uh, you and Wit. Like, that's the through line. You two have always been there with it. How did you meet him and, and get to uh, become a collaborator with him? Yeah, so we lived together, um, well, not not in the same place, but I, I didn't know him at all when I moved in to an apartment building actually on Spruce Street. So, you know, the, the Spruce album kind of came from that. He lived above me in this apartment building, and we became friends. And I mean, we were uh, friends for 10 years, you know, before we ever got together, but he, he's also my partner, so we live together now and, um, you know, basically share all the pieces of our life. Uh, but he like, he just, he's, he's a great musician and just like an overall musician. Like, you know, you hand him a bass and he's playing a lick that feels very good and you hand him two drumsticks and like, he didn't really even, uh, own a drum set when I asked him to play drums for Hello June. (laughs) So, um, 
that's why if you see like very original versions of uh, pictures, he's playing just one Tom because like, you know, I, I pulled him into it. I was like down and I wanted him involved. Hey, um, you're doing this. So, you know, he he's always, you know, kind of just jumped in and, and um, you know, co- you know, he just he's just always willing to jump in and and kind of be there, you know. And you've built that dynamic where you can play ideas off of each other really well to help kind of the direction of it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, like I went through a phase where I, I don't do this that much anymore, but like for a while I would just make him like play a beat behind me and I would keep playing riffs and, that was kind of the way I would write for a long time. And, um, he was always very, um, patient with me. (laughs) Um, and, and honestly that, that helped me a lot because, you know, when you feel like you're rushed or, you know, your co-writing partner is like pushing in a direction or whatever, he's just, he's very willing and very patient to kind of let the song go in whatever direction that I'm, I'm, I have in my head, you know, cause you know, it's usually me with, with the songwriting idea or the riff or something. And, you know, he'll jump in and his feel is always just very good. If playing a riff over top of a beat and trying to write that way was how you used to do it. What way are you leaning towards now for writing? I I've leaned more so into um, like a, a lyrical focus and so I'll kind of figure out like more so like the chords to the lyrics um you know and weave that together first and then kind of bring in the riff part um I I think it's not that I never write a riff first now but I I think my I just have realized it's a little faster um that way so it's just more efficient to kind of come to uh the band with a pretty full song and and say you know here's here's the whole thing and then you know it just it seems to just be way more efficient than just jamming over a riff or honestly jamming over a riff is just fun let's be real (laughs) like we (laughs) we have hours and hours of me just you know, throwing out spacey riffs and him following along and, you know, changing things up here and there. And it's, it's, it's a lot of fun, but you know, really what you've got there is like a 30 second riff. So, you know, there's a, there's a more efficient way to things. And I think I've found it. Y'all started putting together the band very slowly, 2013, 10 years into it now would have been some of the uh, biggest highlights or the, the the proudest achievements so far? Hmm. Well, I think the biggest one, like, you know, Mountain Stage, playing Mountain Stage was really cool. Uh, Whit and I both grew up, like, listening to and, you know, going to Mountain Stage when we could. And being invited to do that was was a big deal for us, uh, especially as early on as, as that was. And... I think the, the a couple moments that stand out in my head are like like NPR threw us onto their heavy rotation with our song Dance and that was the second song I ever 
road. So like, you know, that to me was like a, a huge deal and kind of like a, a splash of water to the face. Like, Oh, people are, are listening. You know, I, I remember getting a notification on my phone and, and reading that, like, I'll never forget that moment. Cause I, wasn't really even sure what that meant but you know that was a a really cool moment that would have been about when i um found you it was whenever uh joni deutsch started talking about you that i really picked up on on who you were in the band yeah and honestly that was really when we got serious about things you know so like right before that you know when when we redid the spruce ep Uh, you know, at that point, I was fairly serious about getting the songs out into the world, or else I probably would have just said, you know, screw this, let's, we don't need to do a re-record, you know what I mean? So at that point, Mm -hmm. when we did that re-record, it was, that that was a monumental piece um, as well. And and honestly, recording uh, with Bud Carroll, the self-titled, there was a, a big learning experience there. And now with with artifacts, uh, this artifacts feels like to me the the most monumental thing that we've ever done. Um, there's opportunities that are popping up for us that we haven't experienced, and um, it just there's there's a, a real amount of momentum that's on the back side of things right now. That I'm, you know, as somebody who works her tail off um i'm like really excited to see a little bit of fruit um like you know fruits of my labor i guess um so i'm i'm excited to see where artifacts takes us but honestly i think this is probably the most um monumental thing for us as a band thinking about spruce too and that decision to re-record like that has to be a hard thing to have these songs done, maybe have them ready to go and then just put your foot down and say, no, this isn't who we are. We might have to throw out all this work we did, but this can be done better and it can be more us. And it's decisions like that, that has led you to this point. Absolutely. And you know that I I think about that a lot because honestly there have been a few of of those situations that have come up and like it really you just have to I think with your art and again I don't really talk about this too much because it's you know it's whatever but it is a piece of who we are and I think it's important to uh, you know be strong with uh, knowing you know what I wanted the band to, to be and like what direction that Witt and I wanted to go in and like if somebody doesn't understand that like you have to find people that that seem to to get it you know to be under the same paradigm
find Hello June on all major social media platforms. The new album Artifacts is available wherever you stream your music, or you can buy a physical copy straight from the band at their website, wearehellojune.com. Catch them at Huntington's The Loud on Saturday, October 21st. Thank you for listening to Commonplace. If you liked today's episode, I ask that you subscribe, leave a review, share with a friend. These are free ways that help the show in a big way. The show is hosted and produced by me, Nathan Thomas. Our theme song is Rescio by Goodwolf from the album Car in the Woods. We'll be back again in two weeks with another episode of Commonplace. Commonplace.